Welcome to Momentum Church. Amen. Well, this is the beginning of a new series, and um, as we get into it, it's also the beginning of a new school year. And so um, how many was pretty, pretty excited about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want to read a letter as we start out. This is written from a principal of a school um, to the parents of students getting ready to take final exams, all right? So here's what the letter says from this principal to the parents. Dear parents, the exams of your children are to start soon. I know you are all really anxious for your child to do well. But please do remember, amongst the students who will be sitting for the exams, there is an artist who doesn't need to understand math. There's an entrepreneur who doesn't care about history or English literature. Now, if you're a teacher here, Susan, and different ones, you're like, I hate my pastor right now. But, but hold on, hold on. <laughs> ah, there's a musician, Pastor Corey, whose chemistry marks won't matter. There's an athlete whose physical fitness is more important than physics. If your child does get top marks, that's great. But if he or she doesn't, please don't take away their self-confidence and dignity from them. Tell them it's okay, it's just an exam. They are cut out for much bigger things in life. Tell them no matter what they score, you love them and will not judge them. Some of you are like, this commie stuff. No, just, just hear my heart. Please do this. And when you do, watch your children conquer the world. One exam or low mark won't take away their dreams and talent. And please do not think that doctors and engineers are the only happy people in the world. With warm regards, the principal. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> That's all those that scored lower than about... 17 on your ACT. I'm glad you were applauding for that, but that's me as, as well, you know. <laughs> um, I love people who inspire and cause others to see life for what it really is, and that's kind of what that teacher was doing. And during this teaching series that we're getting ready to get into, I want to be that for our church family, all right? I want to be that for those in this room. If you're watching online, I want to be that for you over the next few weeks during this teaching series. I want to be your trail guide. Is that all right? I want to lead you into something. I want to lead you away from the lowlands of limiting beliefs and lesser views and to the high peaks of experiencing God's purpose in your life. Amen? From that high peak, that place from where you can see even the most everyday experiences of life being part of the adventure that God has for you. Amen? See, I, I'm a hiker, you know, I love to hike. Now, used to, when I was 300 pounds and I hiked, my belly was way out to here, all right? Some of you guys aren't new to momentum, so you remember when Pastor was a little uh, portly. And I still hiked. I just would almost pass out on climbs. So you would hike until you about black out, and then you'd wait till your blood pressure <laughs> equalized. And they, Amy was sure she was going to just have me die with her one day on the trail. But I would hike, and, and because my arms are short already, they are my stomach, my arms. My hiking name is T-Rex. Yeah. And so that's kind of shifting, thank God. My wife, she has stopped calling me on the trail T-Rex, and, um, and now my trail name lately has been Ox 
or tractor, which I kind of like that, you know. Don't go real fast, but get the job done. Come on, somebody, you know. And uh, I like pasta tractor. That's kind of nice, ain't it? The pasta tractor. No, I'm, I'm sorry. But, but when you're hiking, especially, how many's been on the Appalachian Trail? All right, so when you're hiking the Appalachian Trail, Hoffman, you know this, okay. They call it the Green Tunnel. The green tunnel. And the reason why is, I mean, most of the time you're on it, we're about 300 miles up it now. We haven't finished it, obviously, but in the last few years, we, we go a little every year, and we're about 300 miles up it. And it's just the green tunnel. Every step you take at times seems extremely mundane. It's, it's just another rock, another route, another small ascent, another big ascent, another dip, Another rhododendron. And you know, when you first start on the Appalachian Trail, you're like, oh, these beautiful rhododendrons and azaleas. And it's so all oh, some mountain laurel. It's so, but after you've hiked for five, six, seven days and you haven't seen anything yet, and it happens on the Appalachian, you're just like, what in the world? You kind of like, oh, it's like life. You know, it's like, I know I'm in life. I know I'm doing something here. I know it's going to probably result in something pretty great, but it sure just feels like another rock, another root, another. And some of the best beautiful things of life, you start to lose the joy of it. The adventure feels adventure-ish. You know what I mean? Adventure-ish in your marriage. Adventure. Listen, if you're married, that means somebody in this world wants to stay around you. That's pretty cool. And if you're single, you're even more blessed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, but we look at life like that. Like, like oh, it's just, an, it's, just, it's just, it's like we're ishing it through life, you know? It's mundane. And, and you get focused on what you're experiencing on the journey, but you don't realize that everything you're doing at some point is going to lead to an amazing vista. It's going to lead to something that is like breathtaking. And, and over and over and over again, it's just you get to that place and, and you forget all those little mundane, all those little rocks, all those little roots. But it takes all that. That's all part of the adventure. And the thing I want you to hear about from that teacher's perspective is that we're all cut out different and, and our lives are going to be different. And my adventure is different than your adventure. And, and, and my dreams are different than your dreams. And my goals are different than your goals and so on. But God has a purpose for every one of us. Can we stand to our feet as we just honor the reading of God's word this morning? I want to read a passage of scripture to just launch this series. And it's lengthy, all right? And so we're going to read Psalms 139. And I just want you to hear this invitation from your creator for the adventure that he has called you to live. Amen? Lord, you have searched me, David says in this psalm. And you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. God, you know my rocks. You know the roots. How many have some roots in their life? You know the ups, you know the downs. God, you're acquainted with all my days. Goes on, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is a high I cannot attain. 
Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol or hell or the grave, however you want to say it, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell on the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. I love that because that means that on the adventure of life, it ain't always going to be good. On the adventure of life, there's some difficult days coming as well. But the creator, the author of this adventure, he's right there all along. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night as bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. You formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Now, here, here's where it gets good, all right? In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. <sighs> Do you know God has us on an adventure, amen? The highs, the lows, the roots, the rocks, it all. God knows. God sees all of this. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. In other words, I think I'm dreaming. This is so good. But when I wake up from my dream, this is a freaking reality. I'm living life with my creator. He's leading me on this every step journey, this everyday journey into what he has for me. Both the dark and the light, the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, all those things are for a reason. Amen? And man, we're going to go on an adventure this month and stop just an adventure-ish life. We're going to walk into the great adventure God has called each of us to live in. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your spirit just to lead us over the next few weeks into this adventure you've called us to. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives, individually and collectively as a church, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Give God some praise. Amen. <clears throat> so we can see from that passage of Scripture that each of you, you are uniquely created for the adventure God has for you, right? But listen, people spend the best parts of their day convincing themselves of what they are not and what they don't have. Do you know that? You do it. Your self-talk, I'm telling you right now, I'm on the Appalachian Trail, and there are so many times my self-talk, I'm going to die. I'm going, I'm going to die. And then there's times where Amy's ahead of me, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill <laughs> that self-talk on the trail, that self-talk in life. At times, it tells you more about what you're not than what you are, what you don't have than what you do have. And listen, we don't, as individuals, we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we already are or who we already are and what we already possess, what you already are walking in because you're one of God's own. And so today, what I want to do as we launch into this series, I kind of want to look and see why is it often that we miss the adventures that God has for us? So if, if this passage of Scripture shows us that we can expect more in life, if this passage shows us that we're connected to a creator that has a plan, why is it sometimes that we seem like we're missing the best, we're missing the most 
out of life. How many want to know that, right? And I'm just going to say one thing I want to look at as we go into this first week is often we are satisfied finding quick thrills in lesser trails with lesser vistas. Let me say it again. Often, too often, we find quick thrills in lesser trails with lesser vistas. I want to ask you, what are you chasing after? What are you pursuing in life? What is that, 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 that waypoint, that, that end, that thing, that, that direction you're headed? What is it that you're going after in life? And, and a lot of times what it is is it's the thing that gives us a quick rush. All right, We chase quick rushes. That's the reason why people love Facebook, because they can post something and get a few comments and, whoo, endorphin drop, that felt good. There's people that like me. Or if you're pathological, whoa, that felt good. There's people that hate me. <laughs> That's the pathological people in your lap. No, it's true, though. You all run into some people. It's like, do you want everybody to hate you on the internet? Like, why are you so ugly? It's because they're pathological. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just funny because it's true. So, but what do you need to give you that quick rush? Seems like no matter what we do, that rush that's quick like that, it just doesn't last very long. It doesn't, you know. If, if for me as a pastor, Sunday morning was the main rush of my week, I'd be miserable. I don't know if you guys realize this. I do this part every Sunday, so I get to do the rest of it all week long. Do you know that? I really do. I love this part. But this isn't my favorite part of pastoring. Do you guys know that? It really, now, there may be some pastors that this is their favorite part. This isn't my favorite part. This is a struggle for me. Always has been, you know. But I do this part so I can do all the other neat stuff. So I can get to do the journey of life with people. That's why I do this part. Does that make sense? All right? It's not the quick rush. This is that sustained rush that, thank God, I've been at this 29 years, over 29 years now. But it does. It seems like in life, there's other areas in my private life. There's other areas in my life where I do. You, you chase the quick the quick rush. And here's the reason why. Because we are addicted to the adrenaline drop that comes from a quick rush. But these don't sustain us, and they leave us wanting more, all right? And so whatever that quick rush might be, you know, it may be popping off at your wife. You're mad, and you pop off, and I'm just going to give her a piece of my mind. And in doing so, you just, that endorphin drops. It feels like, okay, that felt good right now. I mean, it's not going to feel good forever. So you'll pop off again, and you'll pop off again. That's like a negative way of getting endorphins, but people do that, all right? It could be something positive. You could be the adrenaline junkie. You've heard that term before, where you're chasing an adrenaline drop all the time, trying to find that next thing that will give you that rush. Here's what Proverbs 21, verse 17 says in the message version of the Bible. It says, you're addicted to thrills. What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. I'm not saying it's not good to have thrills and excitement and all those things, but what this is saying is that quick satisfaction that comes from that quick thrill, it'll never be enough. It'll lead you down the path of lesser trails to lesser vistas. You'll never be able to look out upon the plan that God has for your life if you'll just chase the lesser trail. And it may be the lesser trail of a relationship, the lesser trail of drugs, the lesser trail of sex, the lesser trail of pornography, the lesser trail of... Got to get my Instagram post in. And that's where your whole focus in. While your babies are looking at you going, Mom, Dad, time, just time here. Come spray, do the squirt gun thing here. Come. 
I don't know what that lesser trail looks like. I don't. It can look a hundred different ways, but I do know what it looks like in the end. It will always look like a lesser vista, lesser view of what God really had for you. Rob Ketterling, he calls this, he's a pastor up in Minnesota, he calls this the thrill sequence. And the reason why is because it's predict, pro- progressive and addictive. The harder we work to achieve some rush, we just keep working harder to get that rush back. And it's progressive and addictive. Here's what he says about the thrill sequence, what he's termed the thrill sequence. He says, it always says more, but it never says well done. Maybe you're a salesperson. And you can't, I, I want you to have that edge, that, 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 that killer instinct, that prey drive, you know? A dog has a prey drive. It's going to go after that prey. It's just going to go. I want you as a salesperson to have that prey drive. But there is times where you need to just go, you know what? That was a good month. You know what? That was a good week. You know what? That was a good sell. You know, a friend of mine who's one of our worship leaders last week had a four-house closing on one day. That's a good day. But if he's not careful, he won't be able to be satisfied in that. And he'll say, I want a five and a six and a seven. And you know what? That's fine to keep having that. I'm not saying that's wrong. But there's got to be a way of going, that's a good day. Amen? Doesn't mean lose your prey drive, salespeople, business people, entrepreneurs. Doesn't mean lose that. But that idea that, that that progressive addictive rush that comes, it'll always say more, but it never says well done. And you know what it says instead of well done? It says, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And the problem with that sometimes in our life is we're chasing what's next, and we run past our wife or our husband. We run past our kids. We run past the actual money we have because if I have a credit card, I can purchase me a what's next. Ooh, look at the TV I have. Ooh, look at the the vehicle I have. You don't have it. The bank has it. You have a rush of endorphin, that's going to go away from you as fast as your credit, um, your, 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 your credit score. You know what I mean? But you don't have it because you're chasing. Do you see what I'm trying to say here? It never says, well done. It just says, what's next? And what happens is chasing this, this um, thrill sequence, I started thinking about that. And my mind started thinking, like, why? Like, what's that do to What it does, it leaves us in a cycle. And I think it leaves us in a cycle of being, are you ready for this? It leaves us in a cycle of being stressed and bored. This is kind of the, the, the apex of our talk today, okay? Everybody say stressed. Everybody say bored. I think being stressed and bored are two of the biggest things that's robbing us of the true adventure and the joy of the adventure that God has us on, all right? Being stressed and being bored. And the reason why is because both high stress and boredom lead to lesser activities to get quick thrills. Both of those things do. I mean, it just, they just, you're, you're, you're stressed out, you're stressed out, I just need to unwind. So I'm going to watch Netflix. That two-hour window is a quick, cheap thrill. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just, and that's a choice. I'm just saying you're going to, you take that two-hour window out for that quick, cheap thrill, and now you feel good because you were stressed. You know? 
You're bored, and things start getting your mind to, to involve yourself with. And next thing you know, you're doing lesser things, lesser trails to lesser vistas. High stress and being bored both can lead to lesser trails or lesser activities to get those thrills. And um, it's wild because every one of us will say things like this. There's just not enough time in the day to. How many's busy? Be honest. Just busy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many's bored? Be honest. Just bored. Yeah. A lot of people raise the same hands, you know. That's our world right now. Not enough to do, too much to do. I don't know a single thing to do tonight. What do you want to do? I don't know. You know, well, let's go do this. Oh, I'm too busy. Stressed and bored. Stressed and bored. Too much, not enough. Too much, not enough. I think God just has created us for more than that, right? And so instead of being on an adventure into what God has for us, we miss it. Do you know, like, and, and, and you know, 99% of the world, well, 99% of statistics are made up on the spot. You know that, right? Okay, just so you know. 99% of the world, they're bored with their own story. Like, this is the life that I have. And they live bored with their own story, discouraged by their own story, disgusted by their own story. And what I'm hoping that you'll get in this series is get past the boredom, get past the stress, and get to a place where you're writing the story that God is writing in and through you. Amen? Most people are wishing for a different story. Most people, they love stories. They just don't love their own. So they'll watch a story over and over and over They'll involve themselves in stories over and over and over. And we're going to teach on this in September, so I'm not going to get into this too much today. But um, the drama triangle, you know, in people's lives that causes people to just have so much drama. Again, I won't want to teach into that. But if drama's not happening, they'll create a story so that drama will happen. Why? Endorphins. Looking for the thrill, looking for the excitement, looking for the joy. I'm just stressed and I'm bored. And if I'm not stressed and bored enough, I'll make myself be more bored and more stressed. And I'll create some drama and so on. Life has to be more than just being stressed and bored. And, and, and it's funny, when I was telling my staff this a couple weeks ago, they said, Pastor, be sure to put it in that order, stressed and bored. Because bored and stressed, the acronym isn't great. Can I just tell you right now, if this is what our life's about, I think the acronym fits. Let's just say that. Because life's more than that. Amen? <laughs> I'm so busy. I'm so busy. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. So busy, nothing to do. Man, I don't know how I'm going to get all that in this week. The next thing you know, you're looking back going, man, I was so bored. Looking for that thrill. Looking for something to be exciting. That's a story for most of our lives, and I'm no different. I get stressed, I get bored, but we see that all the time. I'm stressed, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm stressed. Can I say this right now? If you're saying, I'm stressed, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm stressed, you're neither. What you are is indecisive. Write it down. You're never going to go on the adventure God has for you if you're not decisive. So you're not stressed and bored, you're just indecisive. Amen? Yeah. Listen to it this way. Every adventure comes with a decision to go where you haven't gone before. 
Every adventure comes with a decision to do what you've never done before. Every adventure comes with a decision to make a difference in an area that may be challenging, but ever so rewarding. Every decision, every adventure begins with, everybody say a decision. So if you're looking for that thrill and you're finding yourself going down paths of lesser trails to places of lesser vistas, a lot of it's a decision issue. Because our bodies are wired, hardwired, our minds are hardwired to be stressed and bored and to look for the quickest, easiest way out. We're kind of like water. Water finds the path of least resistance. That's kind of how we are, myself included. I hope you guys understand this. This is the venture I've been on the last few years of just trying to become a better person. Body, mind, spirit, finances, all that. It came from a place of becoming decisive, decisive. So <clears throat> what do we do to counteract that we are just stuck like in this cycle of boredom? Well, here's what we do. We set out some days. We know what some days are. Someday I'm going to. Everybody say a someday, something that's in your mind. I'm going to say someday I'm going to, and you're going to shout something, all right? Nobody will be able to tell what it is. It's just for you. But we'll all know if you're disobedient because it will be really quiet in the room. All right, someday I'm going to, oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, but we do that. We always, we create someday. Someday I'm going to go to college. Someday I'm going to start a business. Someday I'm going to get this, this, this car. Someday I'm going to uh, 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 read the whole Bible through in a year. Someday I'm going to, someday, 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 right? And we even have mental containers that we create for these someday's. And these mental containers that we create, we call it our bucket list, right? I'm not going to ask you this because I don't want you to raise your hand, okay? Most of us, myself included, there's been times in my life where I had a bucket list, all right? Can I just tell you, the last few years I've started realizing bucket lists are stupid. They're just, they're just ignorant, all right? They're stupid. And here's the reason why. Because most people I know with a bucket list never actually take any concrete steps toward achieving anything on them. Hmm. Instead, they become containers for things they hope will happen one day, but aren't willing to actually work today to get there. And I'm going to throw myself under the bus a little bit. When I started the Appalachian Trail, I was, I was a big old boy. And I decided... I'm walking this trail if it kills me or not. And Amy and I, we went, we were fixing to be married on our 20th anniversary. We've been married 27, 8, 20, 94 we got married. So, 7 or 8, somewhere around there. 27, 27. So, we were about a year and a half up toward our 20th anniversary. And people, I'm just going to be really op open and honest. People were saying, hey, y'all should do a cruise, you know. And my wife and I looked at, Amy and I talked about it. And it was frankly, you're not living in such a way that you should go to a cruise, Ross. Like, this was just for me. This was eight years ago. Food was my God. I love you, burrito. Hallelujah. I did. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> and we talked about it. We felt that for us, we would just be abdicating our future. Because I was already abdicating my future every single day. And so even though I wasn't fit, it would take another five years 
before I started reaching out to get some help to, to, to start taking control of my, 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 my life physically. But even at that weight, I remember thinking, I can't let this be a bucket list anymore. And we didn't have a whole lot of money either. So we bought a junk tent. We bought some junk, you know, backpack. We just, we just started hitting the trail. <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But we, were like, we knew we had to get ourselves ready if we we're going to do this hike, you know. And then the baby came, Arden. We weren't expecting that. She got pregnant with Arden. We had to wait a little bit longer. But, but we got on the trail finally. And it's one of those things where, man, I have a pipe dream. I want to finish that trail. But I'm a pastor, and I got two little ones still in the home. Three out, but two in. You know, I, 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 don't, I can't go for four months to go finish this trail. Or five and a half, six months, really. But I'm not looking at that going, okay, that's my bucket list to finish it. No, forget the bucket list. I will get to Katahdin someday with my wife. We will stand on Katahdin Mountain 2,200 miles away from Springer Mountain here in Georgia. That'll happen. But guess what? It's not a bucket list because every year we go, hey, we're going to go and tackle 75 or 80 miles. Or there's been times where we've been close to 100 miles, you know. Does that make sense? And I started doing that at like 290 pounds. I wasn't like when I get in shape. And I'm not telling you you should do that. All right? This is a disclaimer because if you go out there and die on the thing, I ain't having your wife go, well, pastor said. Because, <laughs> well, well, pastor said, so I know God's going to take care of me. No, no, God might let you die on that trail. Don't you? That's my disclaimer. God may let you die on that trail. You ready for my disclaimer? That's spoken. It's recorded. Those watching at home, God may let you die on that trail. No. But what I'm saying is, yeah, it was a bucket list, but it had to start being a, a daily thing. I couldn't just wait for it. And so what happens is these containers for things that you hope for, they don't happen because you're not actually working toward them. Can I just tell you what bucket lists are? Because I think anytime you think of adventure, your brain starts thinking, ooh, I want to go to, you know, um, um, Machu Picchu. Ooh, I want to do this. Ooh, I want to. You start thinking of big adventure. No, 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 I'm talking about I want to be a good daddy. That's the adventure I want you on. I want to be a loving husband. That's the adventure I'm talking about. And, yeah, those big adventures, we want those too. But what I'm bringing it down to is just that idea that those daily, don't just have a bucket list. Bucket lists are just procrastinated pipe dreams if daily decisions aren't engaged. Did you catch that? You're not stressed and bored. You're indecisive. And every day of being stressed and bored and being indecisive about that thing that you say is your bucket list, every day is one day that you're delaying your dream. It's just a pipe dream. And it may be for you. You may be saying, you know, Pastor Ross, I want to go to Paris someday. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to go to Paris someday. But the way you spent your money today won't ever get you to Paris in even five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. So it's just a pipe dream. In your heart, you may say, I want to adopt and foster or foster to adopt children. But you're so neck deep in debt, and today you feel, yeah, I'm going to foster adopt someday. I'm going to foster adopt someday. I'm going to foster adopt someday. But you're so neck deep in debt, and today you went to Starbucks like you deserved a frappe. No, those children deserve a daddy and a mommy. And if God put a call in your life to be a foster parent and you got debt and you can't do it because of that, make a daily decision because that little boy or little girl needs a mom and daddy more than you need a frappe. Fra How do you even say those? Frappe. I knew it didn't sound right coming out my mouth. <laughs> it sounded like Eastern Kentucky, you know what I mean? A frappe, like my mama would say. I'm going down there to meet at Starbucks and get me a frappe. 
And yes, I feel a little tense right now, but it's because I know how the enemy did in my life and he robbed me for years and years of years of experiencing the best stuff because I wouldn't make a daily decision. My stuff's health, your stuff's whatever, but I'm just saying. Do, do you realize I couldn't, I couldn't take my kids for two or three summers in the kayak because I couldn't freaking fit in it. But I had bucket lists and dreams of what I'm going to do with my family. Couldn't fit in my kayak until I made a decision to do something different a few years ago, two and a half years ago. Amen? So don't tell me I don't understand what I'm talking about. It's just yours might be debt and adopting some kid. Mine's this. It, 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 everybody has something. I'm just not going to let it be a procrastinated pipe dream for myself or those I lead anymore. I want to lead you well in this. Amen? Whew. So actions, not dreams, are what will get you one step closer every day to that thing you desire. And to me, living out that daily decision, those daily actions, that's the adventure. It's the rocks and the roots. It's the creek that you're getting over or the one you're having to wade through. Man, we've been through some creeks where you had to grab your friend's shoulders. You know this move if you ever, you know, went across a river before hiking. Scary, you know. Sometimes some people don't get all the way across. I won't say who, you know. Sometimes your stick breaks. That was me getting across a really thick, deep river one time, and the stick snapped, nice carbon fiber pole snapped off, and I'm in the water and soaked. It's not always how you plan, but man, it's the daily things, those daily decisions. That's the adventure. So what I want to challenge you to do as we go into adventure is this. Instead of a bucket list, when you think of adventure, have a to-do list. Do you catch that? We'll, we'll have adventure-ish lives if everything we ever hope for is a bucket list item. We'll have adventurous, not adventure-ish. We'll have adventurous lives. If we start to turn those bucket list items into to-do list items, and it doesn't mean you're going to get it all done in a day. It, there's some things that your to-do list may take you 15 years, 20 years, but it's not a bucket list anymore. It's a to-do list. I think you guys give God some praise on that. Amen? Yeah. Amen. 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 I'm thanking the Lord for that. So, the difference might seem minimal to you, but those two things are light years apart. Where a bucket list is passive, a to-do list is active. Even if that thing isn't happening right now, it's on your mind because you're planning to attend to it. You're, you're working. You're thinking through it. This is what this looks like. It's causing you to have a metrics of things to do and not to do so that you can get closer to the thing that God's showing you you're supposed to walk in and supposed to experience. If you're telling yourself, I don't know why I'm saying this to somebody, okay? If you're telling yourself you're going to be a good daddy someday, a good husband someday, and you're a single man and you're sleeping around, you're a liar to yourself, you understand me? I don't know who I'm saying that to. Maybe it's online. There's more people online. Don't lie to yourself. You're saying you're going to be a good husband and a good father down the road, but you're sleeping with every girl you meet at the bar. You're lying to yourself. You got a bucket list, not a to-do list. Amen? That's good preaching whether you like it or not. And you can put your situation in. That's just what popped in my heart. So I know that's for somebody. I don't know who. And I don't say it to be mean or ugly. I say that because God wants you to have an adventurous life, not an adventure-ish, chasing 
Trish, Mish, Sally-ish. And he can only get you to the adventure God wants for your marriage-ish. You know what I'm saying? Amen. How many receives that word? No, don't you raise your head. But. <laughs> oh, man. Another pastor I like, his name's Brian Tome. He's out from Ohio. He says the difference between a bucket list and a to-do list. You know, he said that the, that the difference between a bucket list and a to-do list is this. One gets you moving, the other leaves you waiting for the perfect conditions to come your way. One gets you moving, one waits for conditions. So I would tell you today, forget your bucket list. What is on your to-do list? And I'm going to give you an assignment this week to write down maybe three things. Not much more than that. Maybe three things. Something you want to experience. Maybe it is in your finances or your relationship or your health or the call God has on you or your education. You pick the three. But three things that you can begin during this series to look at and say, these are things that I want to accomplish. And they don't need just yet a time frame, all right? Just begin to think about what that looks like, all right? And that's going to start the adventure for you, all right? So my question would be, what adventure are you going after? Are you going to start a small business? Maybe, maybe you're going to get married. That's an adventure you, 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 want, you want to chase after. Maybe it's writing a book or... Maybe you desire to camp in all 50 states and be with your kids in all those states. As I said earlier, maybe you want to get out of credit card debt or own a home. Maybe there's a friend that you have tension with and you want to reconcile that relationship. Maybe you do want to foster and adopt someone or go on that dream vacation or, or go back to school. You know, whatever it might be, just write that down. And the reason why I think that's important is because that's going to set your sail, if you will. That's going to set the direction of your, of, your, of your hike, where you're headed, you know. Mixing my metaphors a little bit. But that's going to get you moving in that direction, right? It's the start, setting that. And it's not a bucket list anymore. This isn't a bucket list item. This is a to-do item. And, and I'll give you an example, okay? So just how do you work, okay? So we're doing this big hike, you know. I've got, I got really satisfied and settled in my health. I just did for about 20 months. I, 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 I'm hiking, I'm living, I, I fit in my kayak. <laughs> All good stuff, right? And got really settled, and, and about a month and a half ago, I decided I don't want to be settled anymore, you know? But I know if I just make some dream out there and I don't work toward it, it's just a pipe dream. It's just, so a month and a half ago, I started setting before me a to-do. And with this to-do, it's a challenge. It's something that I'm having to live up to. It's something, the reason why I've been able to, in the last you know, month and a half, drop the weight I've dropped is because, frankly, if I don't, I'll die. Just being honest, okay. <laughs> what is it, pastor? You know, and I started to create a plan, daily actions. It's going to get me there. But what I want to do, I turn 50, November 2022, I'll turn 50. So this month and a half from now, two months from now, whatever, I'll be 49. So what my plan is, is the October before I'm 50. See, I'm not saying this has to be done overnight, but the daily actions do. So my plan is October, and I haven't said this, I've said this to a few friends, but I haven't said this publicly because I didn't want to. Because then I have to live up to it, right? That's called integrity. And um. If one of my staff will write that down, integrity, I'm going to bring, I'll bring that to bear at some point. Probably not this month, but in September. Just write that down. I don't want to, uh, there's some things that you need to understand about personal integrity and confidence, self-confidence, how that works. And I just don't want to forget that. It's too good to miss, and I want to do that in September. Um, so 
so basically what I want to do is I want to start, my wife and I and our kids last year, we went to the Grand Canyon. And we hiked about three miles on one trail and about three miles on the other trail, both under, you know, the, the, the rim, which was pretty neat, you know. Um, I think somebody said like 3% of the people that visit the Grand Canyon never go below the rim at all. I mean, like they just don't go. But we did enough to where I had a taste for it. I'm like, ooh, I like this. This is awesome. This will kill me. I like it. And that didn't even then start in my head until this summer, almost a year later, nine months after that trip. And this summer, a thing popped in my head. Ross, you need to have daily to-dos to get you to this adventure. And what the adventure is, and it doesn't sound spiritual, but getting there will be. Because there'll be days where I'll be broken in my heart. There'll be days where I'll mess up. There'll be days where, you know what I'm saying? Everything we do is spiritual, right? That's the rocks and the ruts and the cricks and the stuff. So what I want to do is I'm going to go from the rim of the Grand Canyon on the north side and then hike down to the bottom and across the bottom and come out the south side. And that doesn't sound like a lot. It's like 24.2 miles, but we're going to do it in less than a day. We're going to do it in one stretch. And that's the win. Amen? I don't need you to applaud. Me patting myself on my back when I finish will be applaud enough. Applause enough. But that's the plan. And I, I'm telling you right now that if I'm not where I need to be, I will die. I won't die. But if you don't make it, you break an ankle, you get exhausted, whatever, it's a $15,000 helicopter ride out. That's a motivator. Because <laughs> I'm cheap. Okay? So then that's the win. So if I get on the other side and I, and I celebrate that with everybody, you'll hear. But... The add-on, the fun, because you have to leave it like 3 in the morning to get this, tr this done. I'm going to miss seeing a lot of stuff I want to see. So when we get to the top, we're going to camp up at the top. And the next day, we're going to hike to the bottom and camp. And then the third day, we're going to hike back out. So it'll be just shy of 50 miles in three days. So one time across in one day and then the next two days. And so it's going to be fun. Amen? But guess what that is? It's a pipe dream. That's all it is, you know? And so a month and a half ago, I'm like, this is it. I've got to get my brain engaged. I can't be satisfied where I'm at. I've got to get my, my health engaged, you know, and I've been doing that. And, and I've got it laid out, a plan that I'm working. I've got a plan for the exercise side of it that I'm working, you know. Um, and so next year, I'll get to celebrate a win. Amen? It's not a bucket list. It's a, everybody say to-do list. And I can literally show you my to-do list. Because if I don't have a plan... It's just a bucket list item. And I literally have a to-do list. Everything I'm doing from now until next October, well, actually next September, about two weeks before the hike. And so um, just lay it all out. And all I got to do is just do what it says every week. This is what I do this week. This is what I do this week. And so on and so on. Amen? I know that doesn't sound spiritual, but I guarantee you there's going to be times where I'm going to be calling out Jesus to help me. Amen? I'm not saying on the trail. I'm saying on the adventure, the rocks, the roots. Calling out Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, God. Help me. Amen? Amen. And so that's mine. I don't know what yours is. I want you to write it down, but that's one of mine. And so the end of the summer, I think, is a perfect time to kind of take first steps towards something that you've always wanted to do. It really is. And so we're coming into this new season, going into the school year, the fall, and so on. So listen, if you're saying, I want to get married, have you asked that girl out yet? That's a good, that's a, that's a good next step. 
You want to publish a book? You got to carve that time out to write. Amen. If you want to go on that dream vacation, it's time to get some extra shifts or go get a side job at Starbucks. You know, whatever it might look like, start saving. Like, like, let's just, just be done. If we're going to have an adventurous life, let's be done having an adventure-ish life. Chasing lesser thrills down lesser trails with lesser vistas. Because bucket lists are for dreamers, but to-do lists are for men and women who understand that life isn't about what you dream, but what you do. I'm going to give you one last scripture. James 2, 17 through 18. In the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action. It's dead. But someone will say, you have faith? Well, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. That's what Scripture is saying. Have a big vision, but have a daily to-do, a daily action. What am I doing now to get to what God has called me to do? And can I tell you, as your pastor, this season we're in right now, and I'm not saying that I'm special, all right, but I saw this season back in January told my staff, God's going to be doing something specific in our life. We need to press in more of the presence of God, more of the Spirit of God. So in January, we initiated our first prayer night, and then the next month it was a worship night, and then the next month a prayer night. So every other night, those were planned. Why? Because you can't make a revival or a move of God happen, but you can prepare your hearts for a move of God. And we begin to prepare our hearts. Back in like February, we, we set on the date this, this month of, of June or July to press into his presence. We said, uh, uh, got a guest speaker lined up back in January or February for this summer. I mean, all those things. Why? Because it wasn't just going to be a, t- a, a bucket, bucket. God, I hope you fall on our church. God, I hope you heal people. God, I hope you save people. God, I hope, God, I wouldn't it be neat if someday our church was a place that was a house of healing. Wouldn't it be neat if someday our church people found deliverance? Wouldn't it be neat if someday our church people loved to volunteer and serve? Wouldn't it be neat if someday our church had 100% tithers? Wouldn't it be neat if someday, last January, we began to set our heart toward the moving presence of God. And guess what? God is stirring us. Amen? That's spiritual. I'm talking about just some physical adventure. God has us on a spiritual adventure. And so we incorporated church fast. We started the year with the fast and nights of worship and prayer. And those things took calendar and focus in our calendar. And so what I'm saying is I'm not just saying that we're going to experience things in our physical lives, but spiritually as a church, we're trying to model this too. I don't want just a thrill sequence, just something quick and it's over. We want something sustainable. And so the call to follow Jesus was never meant to be boring or mundane. It's real faith. It's real adventure to go after God. And this year we've been trying to do that. And so what I want us to do right now is an act of our faith and action. We share testimonies today of people being healed. And if you have a need right now in your body, there's some miracle you need, right? Whether it's physical or financial, but you need a miracle. I just want you to hold your hands up right where you're seated. See those hands, see those hands. We're going to pray as an act, not just someday God's going to touch you. Someday God's going to, someday. We're just going to just be in faith, add action to it. And Jesus, right now, you see these hands that are raised, Lord. And we thank you that right now, whatever, Lord God, you're doing, we just want to be in the midst of it. We just want to lean into you. And we thank you for your healing virtue that's flowing. Touch your people, I pray. 
Lord God, your miracles, your signs, your wonders, do a work amongst them, Lord. Whatever they're raising their hands for right now, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whatever it might be, Jesus, do a work. We cannot wait to get in this house next Sunday and celebrate even more miracles and victories that you're bringing about because we're just having faith enough to put that on our do list. We're not saying someday. We're saying right now, Jesus, we trust you. We know you're doing something significant in our midst. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.